got a place that I can go where everything's okay. I got a place that you can be right next to me. Let's go. Please hold on tightly. set the scene i think most of you are already in the big ed's pizza cole is finishing up his set for open mic night i think cass you're walking by frustrated after a very not particularly productive conversation with the faction leaders about something and maybe you hear the music and decide to pop in and see what's going on Pretty much everyone has already left, but I'm picturing that Winward, Hess, and Millie are at least sitting near each other, if not at the same table. Would you guys be sitting at the same table? I think so. Yeah, we're probably just chitter-chattering about the theater and the costume department and what needs to be fixed. Cass came this way because she decided very quickly after getting more or less laughed out of the council meeting uh, that she was going to drown her annoyance in Greece. Big Ed's Pizza is a good place to do it. Also, um, if you go to the front, they'll give you like a little bowl of cheese, which is one of my favorite things about going there as a kid. Big Ed's Pizza is fantastic. Did they give you just a bowl of cheese? Yeah, they'll give you some cheese. Well, I think they mostly do that for kids, but they'll sometimes do it for adults too. Or at least they did. Okay, but like, is it is, is it, it just like a big bowl of, of parmesan that you go into like your dude from Scarface? Is it like shredded mozzarella? What are we? What sort of cheese are we talking here? It's shredded mozzarella. It's the same cheese they put on the pizza before they stick it in the oven. Gotcha. It's okay. good stuff. Winward has a small bowl that she's been nibbling at for the last while, just sort of while. Not necessarily always engaged with the discussion of theater things with uh, Millie and Hess. Just enjoying cheese one little piece at a time. I, I will also say, like a lot of other places in Oakridge, this does have like a supernatural menu geared towards supernatural entities with very specific diets. So that is a thing in this universe. It's very kind of them. But this cheese is very, very good. Millie is very much eating a salad that just has blood sausage on it, because other than blood, she is hardcore vegan. To anyone passing by, it just, it, it does not look like blood sausage. It just looks like maybe a special kind of dressing. Because magic glamour, mortals don't need to know. Also cover blood up salmic. the smell. Blood <laughs> As far as Cole's concerned, he's down arguing now with the sound man because he swears the monitor wasn't turned up high enough like it was last week and it's an ongoing argument over and over again. I need more guitar in the monitor. But he never does it. Ever. He just smiles and nods and doesn't change anything. That's the sound man's routine. That's what they do. How's this? Nope. Nothing changed. 
Just kind of very lightly touching the slider, just like whoop, 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 <laughs> pretending. Question, storyteller: Are you wanting us? Or sorry, are you wanting us to do like character descriptions now or in a minute? Yes, absolutely, character description. I just realized that as we're all talking, I'm like, we should introduce our characters. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I, I know Blaze described what Cole looks like, but what does Hess look like? Hess is in her mid-twenties, dark blue jeans, kind of look like they're starting to fade out with how much they've been worn, patched up converse that has scribbles all over them, some sort of t-shirt that's kind of like ripped up at the top, but it says something like war criminal with like a smirking cat in the middle of it, giving like kind of a middle paw and then like a flannel over it. Her neon blue hair is, like, pulled into a messy ponytail. And surprisingly enough, you think she's wearing these, like, prosthetic ears almost with how pointy they are. But in this light, they almost look too real. And then she's got, like, these dark mahogany deer-like horns kind of jutting out that you she promises are plaster. And she's just trying to make sure they fit right as they're drying. But... You don't see a headband anywhere in her hair. She's really cleverly disguised it somehow. Gotta make sure it's comfortable for wearing for long periods of time. You know, when you do photo shoots, you gotta make sure it doesn't, you know, sweat too much and all that. And her round glasses are just kind of like on the edge of her nose and she like pushes them up with a clawed finger, which again, for acrylic claws, those look surprisingly sharp. Oh, and every now and again, her bag that's next to her moves, and this almost tiny little bluish-purple canine-ed nose peeks out and just, like, twitches as it smells the air of the pizza, and she keeps, like, having to... You hear almost these, like, guttural grunts as she's, like, talking back at this whining bag. Which, if you can translate, is, I will get you a slice of pizza in a minute, just chill the F out. This is perfectly normal. <laughs> and you've gone out to eat with us. I think the initial impression you get, uh, Windward, is, is a fairly sort of round and soft person to look at them. I think right now they've got their hair buzzed pretty short. Occasionally you'll see them uh, doing different wigs or fun things like that. They do enjoy a good hat. Very specifically does not wear hats on Kentucky Derby Day, but will wear those sorts of hats while just out and about, just to be like that. <laughs> they... It's the sort of face where you just, like, look at them, and they're like, is that a 40 or a really good 60? It's difficult to ever place how old Windward is. Also, they generally wear very, very small, round sunglasses that sit very close to their eyes because... You don't want to overtax the enchantments that make things look normal. So we keep little things here and there obfuscated. They generally wear very loose tops. I think tonight, Windward is in a forest green tunic that is kind of loosely belted at the waist, kind of flowing down over a pair of leggings. And then they have not quite matching, but more of a, if you've seen green Converse, it's that, except it's an ankle boot with a good, we'll call it like a three-inch heel and a sort of aggressively pointy toe with a, a strap that kind of like goes around it and comes into an O-ring on one side. 
very stylishly dressed. I would say that the, the leggings are probably maroon today to go with the green. And they are sitting there daintily eating little pieces of mozzarella cheese out of a small bowl. Eating it one bed at a time. You have to savor it. There's a particular quality to a cheese that is sold exclusively to restaurants, kept in generally fine condition, handed out for the purposes exclusively of melting, and handed out to children. This is delicious. It's pizza. It's cheese before it's pizza. It is. It's pizza. If you can combine it, perhaps, (laughs) with... There was one time I managed to find a little bit of that, and then with a bit of, like, raw tomato and put oregano on it, and then just, like, kind of rolled it in dough, and without cooking it, it was very chewy and flavorful and just filled with the sort of potential that you only ever see when something is meant to be something and never quite makes it. It is just, it is a delicious lack of fulfillment. That is a very relatable food. It's just a weird caprese salad. The Italian in me is dying. You have killed my Sicilian Italian ancestry. My forefathers are screaming in the afterlife. (laughs) Well, you see, that's the problem, is that if you take the Sicilian as a Sicilian, they're wonderful and delightful people. Eventually, they all became Italians, and I believe that some of them do in fact resent it. But there was something that's lost in that transition from the thing that they were before in a sort of raw and visceral state to what they become as they were, you know, civilized. Massive air quotes on civilized. (laughs) Actual dinner conversation. Oh, Hess is just, that was Fennec. Hess is just sitting there with a mug of tea, surprisingly, and a slice of pizza, just eyeing this, looks back at wind, eyeing the creation and wisely deciding it is not worth the brain cells and going back to sipping her tea. (laughs) And what does Millie look like tonight? So Millie is very small and unassuming. She's all of maybe five foot four and kind of slight of frame. She is very pale everywhere. She has like pale gray eyes, pale blonde hair that she keeps just a little bit below her ears, except for a couple of streaks that are slightly longer in front of her ears and then bangs as well. So it's just, she heard about the idea of layers and then applied that idea very strangely. But it works for her. It's great. She is pretty constantly in a base layer of a black, like, mock neck or turtleneck, depending on the season, and a pair of black pants. And if you ask her why, it's, you know, for stagehand reasons, but really it's because, you know, she's got some some gnarly scars on her neck that it's just better. It's just better not to show them off. People ask questions. You just don't ask a vampire why they keep their neck covered. You just don't ask that. Exactly. But, you know, to off-play the very severe black with all of the paleness going on, she tends to layer over it tan sweaters and plaid and just, like, slightly cuter clothes to to not make it as, you know, sharp-looking. And also because she's cold all the time. It does not matter if it's 100 degrees out. She is in a sweater and maybe a jacket as well. So if she is a scarf person, is she a one scarf that she will die for person, or is she I have 500 scarves person? 
Oh, absolutely not. She has a costume department at the theater, and it's really just her own personal shopping center when she gets dressed. Like, she has a closet, or two, or five. <laughs> I'm leaning to the five with how often I have to ward your place. But you know, that's that's just her vibe. Like, everything is a little splashy and a little too big, and... You know, for all that she comes off as unassuming, she's very, like, diva princessy about life. Toreador! I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> uh, what about, what does Cass look like if she comes? I was gonna say stomping into the, st- into the restaurant. I don't know if you're stomping. That is up to you. I will not make that character choice for you. But what do you look like? Oh no, it's stomping. She, like, throws open the door in a way that everyone looks, you know? All, like, our four other players, and then, like, two other people, one of whom is rookie behind the counter. Yeah. So, Cass is mid-range height. She has brown, a bob that's sort of grown out, so it's somewhere between chin and shoulder length. And we are all the round glasses gang, because Cass also has round glasses. <laughs> and very dark brown eyes and kind of like a hooked nose. She's not necessarily stereotypically pretty in any way. She's just kind of like thin and gawky looking and permanently like scowling and tired. She's about 20 and all of her clothes looks like they were pretty much scavenged from like the Goodwill or whatever, the bargain resale shop. There's a Goodwill. She is wearing combat boots also. And so y'all were enjoying a nice evening when Cass just slams open the door. Hess will give a jump, which causes one of her feet to knock over the bag. And this brightly galaxy covered ball of fur flops out with these dark purple ombre dragon wings and kaiju just looks up at her and you just hear this at her which is expressing his displeasure at being unseated and she's like gestures to Cass. i don't know what put her in a bad mood but she comes in here in a tizzy and it just startled me don't look at me like that i think millie would look up at Cass and just ask what's wrong like what's the matter this time darling All right, I'm absolutely going to flop into a chair and go, The council is a bunch of idiots who can't see their noses for their faces. I'm going to eat their furniture. Why their furniture specifically? I feel like there's many more things to eat that would be more enjoyable. Yes, but that would be the most inconvenient. Hess just puts her teacup down, holds up kaiju. He'll do it for free, and you don't have to lose teeth. I just picture his little feet start digging at the air. (laughs) On the other hand, I do have a nice spice mix that goes just exceedingly well with a divan. Pudge actually uh, reaches down into (laughs) into her bag, starts looking around. That's cool, but I'm not accepting anything else unknown from you, magic man. Is that is that still has that still not that uh, that amp? It still hasn't um, still hasn't disseminated. You're still getting trouble from it. Well, yeah. Oh, 
Hmm. That's odd. You should really come by the shop sometime so that we can take a look at that. That's, uh, it should have. I really shouldn't. That was the problem to begin with. Well, I suppose if you don't want any help, and Pudge drops the a, a bag of spices back into their bag and goes back to their pizza. Pudge, dear, why would you bring those spices to the pizza parlor? You know perfectly well that you like the cheese here. Well, in case there's, you know, a tasty-looking booth or something. <laughs> that's a joke. That is a, that's a joke. It's a big bag. It's a big bag, and you gotta fill it with things, and you, you know, you never know. You don't want to know. I suppose I have to respect that. My choreographer does keep everything bagel seasoning in her purse, so to each their own. Everything bagel seasoning? Hmm. Pudge actually reaches into... I think they, like, reach into the their tunic and pulls out a little notepad and starts writing it. Tracer Joe's, from what I hear, it's actually rather good. Hmm. Well, as enlightening as this conversation has been... It doesn't actually change the fact that these people are morons and they're going to get killed because their thrones are made out of sand and they can't see that. Well, nothing is going to make them less morons. I'm sorry that you have to deal with it. Also, that sounds super uncomfortable, so maybe they're already getting what they deserve. Yeah, well, they're going to bring the rest of us down with them. They don't wise up and do something. After all this time... Cole has finally finished arguing with the sound man and puts away his 1974 Martin D35, which is very fondly named Molly, his guitar. Puts it away, walks up to the the counter and just, can I get the usual? And just kind of looks back at all y'all and nods. Now, Mr. Coleman, if you could settle a a little question that I have to get sort of a, a more mundane perspective, how do you think everything bagel seasoning would go on a sand throne? Uh, that's a little too rich for my blood, if I'm honest, Wendy, but could be good. So when you are sitting there just eating cheese, my man. Yes, yes I am. Would you like some? I've, I've combined it with a few other ingredients, and it's delicious. At this, Cass absolutely has been groaning and just slams her head on the table. Hess, like, lifts her mug of tea up before the head hits so it doesn't disturb, sets it back down. Picks up Kaiju, holds Kaiju out to Cass. Do you want some fluffy therapy? He's actually in a good mood today. Cass reaches out a hand and does gives little scritches. Does not lift her head from the table, just gives scritches with one hand. Imagine it makes like a weird little purring, trilling noise and does a little happy wiggle. That's an, you know what? No, I've actually heard that one when I shared my ice cream with you. All right, back you go. <laughs> And she'll set him down and then realize she still hasn't gotten the pizza. Hasn't eaten any of hers and just sighs. Does the dog owner thing where you just rip off half and you give the half to the dog and then eat the rest. (laughs) Well, Cass, what's to be done about this problem then? Okay, so... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that the stranger is going to kill everything. So something has to be done, but if we can't trust the people in charge, then I don't know. I'm just a college student. I can't, like, exercise demons or whatever this is. 
But you are a college student, which means you can research. And I think the first thing, we might need to find something to call them other than the stranger. You all know who she's talking about. You've, I don't know if you've ever met him, actually met this person, but there is a stranger that's been in town. Yeah, I was probably like seeing him from a distance. Oh, certainly, but I mean, it's 2022. A stranger can only stay a stranger for so long. Do we have a general description of said stranger, or is it just like always some dude off in the distance looking ominous, and then you try and get closer and they disappear? I don't know if you've ever seen his face. Just someone that you kind of see in passing. He looks perfectly normal. Just a lot of people like, who is he? Where did he come from? How did they get in with the faction leader so quickly? I don't trust him. We have cell phones in this. Yeah, because it's a modern. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hess will pull out her phone. I'm assuming she's got Angel under her contacts and just shoot a message like, heard anything about the stranger? Question mark. Cass is being a bollocks about it right now. Would like to shut her up. (laughs) Send. I'm assuming she won't hear anything back since, you know, it's just more. (laughs) Well, I will say you get a response back. Roz mentioned something about it. She wanted to talk about it, but I haven't been able to find her. Keep me in the loop. Thanks. She does like a blue emoji part. That's her like trademark heart that she picked and puts her phone away. At this time... Cole sets his phone down after getting uh, a little bit dejected from looking at his SoundCloud metrics and has one plate with a single slice of pepperoni pizza slide in front of him and uh, a beer and turns around. Hey, when do you got any of that uh, big bag seasoning you normally keep around? Oh, yes, of course, of course. Did you want the exceedingly cool ranch or the extra spicy? You know, dealer's choice. And he just extends the plate. I think... At that point, yeah, Winbird pulls out a bottle that is actually listed or labeled as dealer's choice and <laughs> pops it open. And then when they shake it, it doesn't actually come out as a powder. Uh, what comes out is a dense smoke that comes and settles directly onto the... No, not a dense smoke. It's dealer's choice. So they open it up and literally pull a card out and then put it on top of the pizza and then it, like, the card itself sort of, like, spreads out and covers the pizza. Cole just watches this. <laughs> You're weird, but all right. Turns back around, takes a bite. Woo! <laughs> That's good stuff. Always a gamble with the dealer's choice. Not for all the pounds under her majesty. No, thank you. That's not many pounds. The queen is broke. I wonder Why? And it doesn't help that I had to go in there alone. Roz was supposed to help me with the presentation. She's gone. I can't get a hold of her at all. Do we know Roz, or is that just Cass's friend? I believe there is a move called Roll to Put a Face to a Name. Put a name to the face or vice versa. Roll with their circle... I don't know what Roz's circle is, so I would just roll 2d6 and whatever my rank is in that circle. She's gonna be more talus. if anyone else would like to roll. I just rolled an 11 on that, so I am familiar with Roz. Plus 10 is a success. Yeah. You've dealt with them before, learned something interesting and useful about them 
or they owe you a debt, your choice. So I would love to know something interesting about, about Roz, but I think when Cass says, oh, well, Roz, I can't, I can't find Roz or can't get in touch with her, I think Windward pulls like a particularly long piece of uh, cheese out of the bowl and says, well, <laughs> with somebody as terminally online as Roz tends to be, that's, that's actually quite strange, and eats the cheese. Cass will also look confused because she got a nine, so I think that's just a regular success. So she's heard of yeah, that it's a partial success. Hang on. Okay. For Winward, I think Rose is actually coming to your store before to buy parts because she's she's a massive conspiracy theorist, and she's usually she's really good at picking up things that are actual things. But her answers to what's actually going on is always wrong. It also tends to be aliens more often than not. But usually whenever she's on the track of something, she is on the track of something. Oh, yes, and if you do hear from her, I got in some very interesting string the other day that I think she might find useful. Or, at the very least, she might try attempt to put to some use. So, if you do cast next time you see her, if you could send her my way, I think we might be able to cut a good deal. That would be cool, because that would mean I get to see her and ask her why she has left 20 messages unread. Also been gone for a couple of days, probably at this point. And left me high and dry to face the council by myself, of course. Uh, you said 20 messages... Did you reach out to her loved ones? Other people who might have seen her? She may just be... You're both... I'm assuming Roz is also a college student. So, is that correct? She's the age that she would be a college student, but she's not actually in college. You know she has some family in town. I mean, I know you're both busy with studies and other things, but she could just be, you know came off of an all-night research binge and left herself sleeping in a pile of string. I would absolutely to reach out to other people, but the only other person I know that, like, is in her circle is Darren, and he's for sure missing also. So. And has you know Darren, you've seen him around the lab occasionally. Um, if, if you want to roll to see how well you know him. Sure, I'll roll. Do I add anything to this, or just... I believe it would be... Because your faction is power, right? Correct. It's the same faction. Okay, so... I will roll plus two in this. Eleven. Alright, so... With that, do you want him to owe you a debt, or do you want to know something interesting about him? I feel like at work, Hess is very much the type that keeps to herself. This Her job is more just to keep the bills on, so she goes in and goes out. She doesn't really socialize, so probably she listens to her coworkers tell her a lot of stuff, but doesn't engage with herself, so she probably knows a lot of stuff on them. Okay. I want to say he started studying magic because his dad hit a pretty tough spot with his business, so he got into magic to kind of get a better paying job to help with that. And you also know he has... Casey, do you remember if Darren and Hawk are actually related or if they just act like it? No, they just act like it. Hawk was a family friend before he uh, screwed yeah, before over Darren's dad. Yeah. Darren's dad. 
You know he's close to and typically would get some of his equipment for stuff from a vendor in the night market who seemed to own some kind of magical hardware store. Okay. So I would know that Derek hasn't showed up for work for the past couple days. He's just been MIA. Darren's probably been missing for like a week or so at this point. And actually, I will say, you remember he was worried about somebody. He hadn't heard from someone in a while, so he was going to go see if he could check on them. And then just disappeared. Uh, Well, yes, that would track. He hasn't shown up for work, which is odd given he's trying to pay for his magical studies and supplies and everything. He was worried about someone. He said he was going to check on Perhaps it was Ross to see if she's doing all right. I mean, we're not the police. She did go missing after he did. He's been a couple weeks. She's been a couple days. Okay, so someone else other than okay. Darren, yeah. that's not that's uh, that's not the young man who um, I've seen hanging around with uh, with Hawk, the local pawn shop owner. Is this the same? Uh, is that familiar? Would I know that? Do you want to roll? I'll roll. Uh, I don't know what I'm adding. I'm gonna say probably Mortalis. It's a seven. On a hit, you know their reputation. You've heard Darren talking about the person who may or may not have been involved with his dad's financial difficulties. He's a guy that can usually get you everything, and you also recognize he's been missing the longest. Because you remember, with Roz helping you with the presentation. Oh yeah, duh. Roz helped you with the presentation. She connected the dots. So, yeah, I think so. That sounds right. And I would go to him. But he's been missing the longest, too. Hmm. Well, he's a ne'er-do-well. That does that does make sense. Roz thought there was something more going on. She was helping me connect the dots. Like what? They just vanished straight in front of someone connecting the dots and she had eyewitness testimony? Or they fell into a hole? This is obviously a very leading question, given what Hess has seen. And she's trying to figure out if this is very similar to her experience with Kat. That's just it, though. She... God, she was being so secretive about what exactly the dots were. You know she mentioned a place where he might have gone if he hadn't disappeared. Something in the woods. I mean, she mentioned, like, something in the woods that they might be, but, like, she was playing a lot of the information real close to her chest, and then she was gone. So, like, that's an excellent question. I would love to know the answer. Winward pulls up his phone and opens the messages app, pulls up Hawk's number. I think just briefly you see that there's a couple of, of missed messages there. The one immediately above it is uh, just the, the only word that's visible still on the screen is like uh, buttons with a question mark. And then they start typing a message. The message says, Good evening, Mr. Hawk. It's been quite some time and, I've, and I think it would be absolutely lovely to speak with you again sometime in the near future. If you are worried about the box of buttons thing, don't worry about it. I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. At any rate, there's been some concern expressed to me about 
a young man, a young gentleman that is uh, known to be an associate of yours, very concerned, checking in on uh, health and well-being of both you and him and my box of buttons, and then just like two line spaces, tilde, not a hyphen, but a tilde, and then pudge. And then he hits send and drops the phone back into his bag and turns to the rest and is like, well, hopefully he'll uh, get a... I have the honor to be your obedient servant. Sorry, that's the whole vibe of that message. Yes, absolutely. Yes, well, if he doesn't respond to that one, then perhaps a little later tonight, perhaps it would be best to make a house call? I was thinking we could go to see Mr. Hawk. Potentially, too. We don't... Darren could be taking some time to himself in this refuge in the woods. We could check that out as well and see if he has any information on your friend Roz and try to make this presentation better again with the council. I don't try and bother with them very much, honestly. For the best, for the best, really. A bunch of sandy-butted nincompoofs, if we are to be perfectly honest. There was another disappearance, too. Bart. Besides Darren and Roz? She also linked in a fourth disappearance. Well, at the time there were only three, but then she disappeared too, so connecting the dots isn't that hard. But Bart? Was he at the library or was he at the municipal building? Yeah, library, which is part of the municipal building. It's the, the more public arcane scholar area. What was Bart's last name again? I'm asking this out of character. Delgado. No, not 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 Abuela Delgado. Not Abuela Delgado's <laughs> boy. He's not he's not missing too, is he? Roz seemed to think so. Hmm. Well, this is concerning. And nobody else is looking for these people. The faction leaders didn't seem all too concerned about it. Yes, but they're useless. So, hmm. Yes, uh, Cass, darling. You mentioned that's four, including Bart, who I am very worried about because he always had my holds on time, unlike some of the other librarians. Darren, who I work with. Your friend Roz, who was the fourth one? Hawk. Hawk has also disappeared? Yeah, Hawk disappeared a little bit after Bart. Okay. I thought Hawk was the first one to disappear. Hawk was the first one, Roz was the last one, Darren and Bart are in there somewhere. Okay. Cole turns around, and in front of him now is his third beer at this point that's sitting on the bar. And he's like, What makes y'all think these people just ain't trying to get out of this crap hole? That's also a possibility. Though most people tend to leave forwarding addresses, so we could check with the mail department, or the mail post. The postal service is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Also, I find, you know no real experience from recent exes or anything, but if you're not sure where someone is, there's always help a friend find their phone. Because that's not creepy at all. Yes, well, that's that's actually a very good option. Cass, Roz didn't mention anyone else's disappearances at all, just those three gentlemen. Those were the ones she seemed to think were connected. Because they started after, they started after the stranger showed up. 
And I think so too. She made some good points. Well, do we happen to know whose team the stranger's on? He seems to be friendly with all the faction leaders. Well, that's not suspicious at all. Yes, given that they are all rather at each other's throats, someone playing mediator between them seems interesting, but especially if they have no vested agenda, or at least an outward one. Do we know where the stranger haunts? So, mm, I said I think so too. They're connected. It, mm, and it has something to do with the stranger. Mm, you're not gonna like this, but I've seen it. I've seen it in my dreams. Mm, yes, those dreams. Lovely things. Well, you know what I always say, follow your dreams. What do you think that their dreams are trying to tell you? Only time I ever dream I'm up on stage without my pants on. I don't think I'm going to be following that anytime soon. <laughs> Windward looks visibly disappointed. Maybe that's just your dreams telling you not to skip leg day, darling. You, you got a point. He just slaps his thigh. Windward points to Millie and Greenman. Millie returns some very bisexual finger guns. <laughs> Hess looks confused and lesbian. <laughs> Cass is annoyed that we are off topic again. Cole just smiles and, and there's the ace in the room. Yeah, I, I also don't think you, you've ever seen Cass this upset. Hess is tapping her fingers on the table and it's making that click, 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 click. And she kind of pulls out her journal and kind of looks at a certain date, the coinciding of the thing that happened with Kat. Was it right after the stranger came to town or before? It was It was before. It was before, okay. Yeah. So they may be linked, but they might not be. There's not enough evidence to correlate a theory yet. It was several months before. Okay, so she just takes out a pen, writes down some jotted notes and it's a messy cursive so it's really hard to read but if anyone can make out her chicken scratch it's stranger not probable variable pursue other avenue shuts and puts it back in listening to you all talk about strangers and disappearing people and whatever Cole gets his phone back out and has three group chats you can only see there's really the only messages that are there the only one that you can kind of read just says mom's and just quickly types a message up. Do you know anything about a stranger? And just hits send and gets back to listening to the conversation. Well, Cass, you didn't answer my question about your dreams. So, they're visions? They're not always visions of the future. Sometimes they're visions of multiple futures, but like... Hess is trying to look anywhere at the mention of multiple things and is like is very grateful for Kaiju making a noise and like goes to mess with Kaiju. Cass, honey, that may be the effect of the uh that sliver of altar planar amplifier crystal that's still in there. Are you sure that you don't want to just come back to the shop? We can see if we can get that sorted out. I don't want to go to the shop. Thank you. You think he got all of it out at one point, but I just like there's maybe there's like a little bit left. But also, 
it's not uncommon for oracles in a bridge to see things that don't fit with this world. It's just, they've never explained it like Cass just did. I know oracles are unreliable. <sighs> okay, I know that. But, like, it, I've recently got into contact with someone who I... F who is helping me straighten out what actually belongs. And what does belong is bad. Well, bad how? It's, it's only... It's only... Flashes. It's it's hard to make out. She thinks it's because it's it's too much. It's too big to experience all at once. I don't know if that's true. That's what she thinks. But it's terrifying, frankly. The implications. So, darling, details are going to be helpful for us to quantify and understand what you're talking about. We understand it's bad, but we need no details to assign it a proper threat level, Hess is saying as she's getting up and you see Kaiju just kind of like running along her shoulder and then settling almost like a fur wrap and just like listening. <laughs> Absentmindedly scritching under his chin as she's waiting for Cass's answer. How much detail does Cass have? I would assume, and we can always like have this as a flashback on another day, but I'm assuming Cass is probably the only other person in the room that knows what happened to Kat. Because Hess very vehemently, and it's one of the few times you have ever seen her lose her cool, confronted Cass about what happened. And there was a lot of screaming and shouting. So Cass knows pretty much everything. She doesn't know what Hess has been doing to rectify the situation, I would say. I don't think Hess has told anybody about that. Oh, it was like a 2am coming to your door, banging it down type of thing. I don't think this is like dirty laundry they want aired for a while. <laughs> At least in my mind, that's how this went down. Yeah, no. Question is how much does Cass know? Lily would have mentioned that probably wouldn't have mentioned anything until you mentioned who it was that disappeared. When you mentioned that, that's when she started to share in the bits of time that she was able to speak with you that something came into her reality and almost had tried to establish a foothold to consume. But there was a group of five people who were able to stop it. So she thinks whatever did that might be what's the same thing that's happening in your world. Except this time it only it, it went after the people it thought would be the biggest threat. And one of them is not a player in this game. There's irony in that statement. I realize that's still how she would have phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of you saying that to me, who was that player <laughs> previously. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm like, there's irony in that thing. But she's like, basically like, there's something keeping it here. Get rid of that and you can get rid of it. But if it stays too long, it's too late. Yeah. So, my friend, she, when I, when I started telling her who all had disappeared, she started opening up about her experience with something that tried 
to consume her reality. Most of you, this is just sailing right over your head. But Hess, you're kind of like, oh. Yeah. I was going to say, as the resonant, you know, realm hopper with this ring in Hess's head, like, has she heard tales of, like, in other realities of things trying to batter the doors down and what have you? I don't think so, but there's a chance you might be try- trying to go back to certain ones and just not been able to. But sometimes reality travels iffy, so. Yeah. Uh, so she flips her journal, makes a quick note. Closed doors equal consumed, question mark. Shuts it again. Cole looks down at his phone, realizing there's not yet another message from his mom's yet. Grabs just one of the chairs and will sit down kind of at the end of the table where Cass is. You said it's Cass, right? You call yourself a uh, an, an oracle. You can see the past, future. That That's what your claim to fame is. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess. The last oracle in Oak Ridge. Well... I just got a question. Did the Titans win the Super Bowl next year? Because that is a soft line. If I can get in that, uh, if I can get that wager in now on the long odds, I can make us both very wealthy. Mr. Cole. I hit you in the shoulder. I straight up just rear back and I smack you as hard as I can. It's not particularly hard because Cass does not have a lot of strength, but she straight up like just smacks you. All right, all right. Hey, here. You got friends that are missing. You got pictures, anything, your friends? Cole takes out a piece of paper and writes down a really dumb email address that he's had since he was, like, 12 years old. It's Mr. Cool 420 Don't ask. Is it a Hotmail? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> no, it's AOL. Oh. oh, he's too young for AOL. <laughs> yeah. Slides the email address, the paper over, and he's like, "Just shoot me some photos. I'll I'll ask around. I got friends. I'll see if I can find some." But get back to me about them Titans, though. That's a soft line. She hits you again. God, he just goes <laughs> back to the bar. <laughs> so there was one other thing she mentioned. She said that there was something anchoring it to her reality and this group of five people destroyed it and were able to push it out four of the five people have now disappeared from Oak Ridge our Oak Ridge the fifth person as far as I can tell has never existed here Hess just raises an eyebrow and gives Castle a look I will say, Hess, you know how difficult it is to even get into between realities? Something that can consume one? That's powerful. Tempest Multi is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is an actual play podcast using Urban Shadows 2E Quick Start Guide, and it's set once again in the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I am your keeper and producer... Hello everyone, it's Casey again. I'll be playing Cass Pravda, the Oracle playbook. My name is Zadkiel, or just Zad. In this game, I am going to be playing Windward Pudge, and they are using the Imp playbook. 
Hi there, I'm Maria Perry. I'm playing Millie Elza, your local vampy vampire. I am Blaze, and I'll be playing Jason Madison Coleman, the aware. Sup, y'all? I'm Fennec Foxfire. I will be playing Hess, playing from the Book of the Wizard. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com. Hi everybody, we're Waffles Maple Syrup and we play Pathfinder 2E and all sorts of different TTRPGs. You're about to listen to our time travel homebrew campaign called Time Has Passed. Check it out! Doldren just comes charging up this way towards where uh, L ran off to and sees that rune still there and Tanigal attacking uh, L and be like, I said the rune! As he just mm. turns at it and I again just jumps leaps and swings with them all why would anybody want to be human that's stupid if most people don't get a choice i mean but we did that's a lot of damage I have no weapons aside from my body. Oh dear. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, oh my. You see this humanoid shape enclosed in a white robe form in the void of your dreams. As we zoom into where his face should be, there is nothing but blackness. The blackness that leaks from his hood begins to enshroud your mind, wrapping around you in this space. I need all of you to make a will saving throw. And if you like what you just heard, search Waffles Maple Syrup, one word, and give us a subscribe. Thanks!